This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Everybody dies. Fuck, that's so relatable. But not everybody <laughs> lives. So couch sessions. This is what we're trying to build here is life-changing conversations. Something that um, is accessible to, to people that probably wouldn't have these or have access to these conversations, yep. in other words. Um, Couch sessions is this, it's this kind of funny, funny one where we're not really focusing on anything in particular, like there's no theme, but it's about relevance and it's about things that we've noticed um, and giving insight on those things. So, you know, um, maybe something you noticed during the week, maybe something that's happened, maybe something that's in the media. Um, But I I wanted to get you on for this because I think, um, I mean, everything we just talked about, the passion and and the things that you would see um, that you know, around these things um, that, you know, the media drive, I I just think it's going to be a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one topic that I want to touch on, but I think it's going to, it's going to carry on to a a few other topics and and things like that. And and even come back to what you said before, but on the weekend, I don't know who watched, I didn't watch the fight. So I I didn't didn't watch the fight. Mm -hmm. I'm not that deep into it, but I obviously seen the media afterwards and it was Conor McGregor. Um, And, and I think, He's such an interesting guy, you know, over time. You know, there was a point where I kind of looked up to him a little bit, you know, not not looked up to him in someone he would I follow, but I go, you know, I, I really respect like what it. he's doing. I yeah, respect sure. it, the path he's on. But on the weekend, he, you know, his exit interview um, after he broke his leg. So disappointing. It was so disappointing. And I was like, I mean, one of the, you know, I'm just thinking about his his kids and his wife, you know, like that's the first thing for me. I'm like, dude. Like, yeah, I thought he was married. He is. He is married, so why is he, he talking about someone else's wife? That That's that's the whole point. Yeah. Well, I was actually focused on the other thing that came out of his mouth, which was um, obviously that, but just not being able to lose with grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and And while I'm not convinced that he actually lost, what came out of his mouth made him a loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think last year he was the highest-paid athlete of all time. He, I think yeah, he made I over hundred million. He, he, yeah, I think he he earned the most from last year. Yeah, yeah. but he's he's a, he's he's a billionaire. Yeah, so so you have a, all the money in the world still can't buy class. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. but this is kind of like I mean for me this is the dynamic of the the conversation that I'm so interested in is like, you know, we talked about it before like his legacy. I feel like his legacy isn't necessarily being like a world-class fighter. You know, I feel like for him, he was, you know, if you look at his past, he come from like nothing. His legacy might've been money. And, and for, I think he's, he might be caught in this land at the moment where he's almost clutching because he's lost that, um, that purpose. You know, he's lost what it is that, that got him to where he wanted to go. Yep. Yep. Um, I've seen it often in entrepreneurship. Someone has an exit i.e. they win a massive fight and become Conor McGregor. Um, And then they think their shit don't stink. So they stop with the craft. Um, They start to lose their purpose because their bank account's full of money. Mm. They don't put in the extra miles that took them, that that got them to where they are today. Um, And so um, I'll I'll say honestly, um, when I had my first exit, it was the best and the worst thing that ever happened to me. Mm. Um, And while my, my... position is very different to conor mcgregor mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah very different uh billions of dollars difference lifestyle difference attitude difference ego difference everything um i 
I understand it because he came out really fast. He came out really fast and went really big. He became the face of, and I know nothing about this, yeah? So I only see it as a consumer that may walk past the pub and see his poster, hey, McGregor fights on. Mm. The, the guy that does some quite controversial, um, you know, there's, there's stuff that floats through my Instagram feed on, you know, cr- crazy slams or whatever the case may be. He shows up organically in a feed. Um, he's definitely going to show up today because uh, Instagram's listening. So there's going to be a ton of <laughs> Conor McGregor stuff showing up in my feed. Um, how, however, the um, the he's 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 kind of yeah he's lost. I've seen a couple of my friends raise tens of millions of dollars, mm. and within 24 months be out of business. Mm-hmm. They they lost their they lost what got them to where they are at, and stopped doing the things that got them there. Mm. and thought they're there now. It's, uh, it's my favorite story. I think we talked about this last time, David and Goliath. Yeah, Goliath um, lost his way. I'm the king of the mountain. You can't come up here. David did what he did to take him down. Um, and so Conor McGregor was the David who turned into Goliath and now is Goliath. And we know how that story ended. So, uh, allegedly ended. So, losing your will... Um, but I think it's worse than that. Like, I think the performance side is one thing. Um, I wonder how many customers um, and how many fans he lost with his potty mouth. Yeah, that, that's the big thing for me is, and, and I guess the, the deeper conversation here is for me is around legacy and morality. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I know me and you have had some conversations about Jake Paul, right? And like, you know, like yeah. the dynamic there. But yeah. and we were kind of having this conversation before, but it's like, you know, there's nothing different to what Connor did and what Jake Paul does, mm-hmm. right? And it's like Jake Paul gets hated on for it. And yep. I understand what he's doing. You know, he's doing the same as Connor, polarizing. It sells tickets. Yep. It, it's going to get him to, to where he wants to go. But I just think it's interesting as well from, a, I guess, a cognitive bias perspective, you know, how they're, they're still like, I don't think Connor, Connor will lose some, but I think, I think Connor's not going to lose. I think it's very important what he does next. He's obviously come out and he's said those things, but his next actions are going to be what helps to uh, define his reputation. Um, and Jake Paul's at a different stage in his career too. You know, Conor McGregor, he's he's over the peak, you know. And so we were having this conversation before, like w- the older you get, surely you, you try to uh, bring a little bit more humility into your, your life. I, I actually you know? think, uh, yeah, with age uh, and experience, but more importantly... You've got young kids. Yeah. And so you've you want to be a role model. You've got to be a role model. Yeah. They're going to follow in your footsteps. I've found myself kicking myself late at nights where I've not done the best thing. And my daughters, well, I've done something, whether it's yell at them or whatever. And then I've watched them yell at each other. Mm. Fuck, you dickhead. Mm-hmm. They're learning that from me. Mm. You know, um, fortunately, it's not that bad. But my point is, he's, he's a leader in his home mm. and his kids will look up to him. And I think he's, he's, he's let him down. Now, let's not hang shit on him. Everyone goes through these things. Hopefully, to your point, mm. um, what he does next helps him, helps him rise again. I want nothing but to see everyone successful. I don't think he deserves to be kicked in the guts. Um, but at the same time, this is going to be a massive lesson and how he responds is really going to define who he is as a, as a person. Yeah, he's kind of lost his identity though, hasn't he? He's lost like... Obviously, he's he's reached that stage where he's now Goliath, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have that drive. He doesn't have the fight with him um, him anymore, and so he's going to have to rediscover his next purpose. Easier to do as an entrepreneur, 
because you can just pivot that off onto a new idea. Yep. If you're a fighter, what what comes next? Well, this is the this is the the really interesting thing for me, right? Is that if you watched what he was like with Dustin in his last fight, which I actually paid a bit more attention to. Wouldn't have a clue. But it was only previously. He was the nice guy. Like, you know, they're, they're facing off. He's got his arm wrapped around him. He's being nice, being really respectful. And it's it's really interesting because I think the dynamic of, you know, if you look at um, of, of an athlete, right, you look at the greatest athletes of all time, they've got that killer instinct in them. And it's, it's interesting because I kind of think that that would be the thing that's playing mind games with Connor, yeah? Like, you know, you think about it. He's a billionaire now. He's he's probably reached the peak of the mountain and he probably had that humility, right? He probably turned that corner and then he goes out and he just gets pummeled in a yeah. fight. And it's like, you know, is in his head, right, is he's going, I need to, this needs to be a mirage. I need to somehow trick myself into believing that I'm climbing that mountain again, and and that's what he's lo- doing it for money now. Like no, he, I, I, don't, I I don't think he's doing it for money now because he's starting to mount up his losses, and he's just doing it for the for the monetary gain. As in, are you saying? Are you alluding to the fact that he might be overspending on a lifestyle that he can no longer oh, afford? Absolutely, and no. and therefore he he's has like to take Floyd Mayweather. Same no. same deal. They no. spend way too much, and they're just doing it for the money. Uh, he, he, I don't, he, he, you can he, see it in his fights. He doesn't have the drive to win anymore. But the fights isn't his. That's that's like a, a you know he he's making twenty million. His business is turning over nearly seven hundred and fifty. You know, like for me, it's the other way around. Yeah, but that's him just trying to stay uh, relevant. Nah, see, I look at the other way around. I think he got to the peak of the mountain. He's got the money now, and he's scared that he's losing this. Like he's not motivated. Yeah. So I love I love this in basketball, right? You've got a twenty point lead, got a billion dollars in the bank, and you stop playing the game. And actually, instead of putting more points on the board, you play de- you you, st- you start playing defense. Mm. You know, and you start protecting the lead versus accretively growing the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what's happened. But this is all at a very interesting point in time because if he didn't lean back and snap his leg, where would, what would we be saying now? Because I don't think he lost. He would have th- lost that fight. Though. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't watch, but I, like, I don't think... He, like, the snap in the leg was not a kick. The mm. snap in the leg was... So they come out today and said that they showed where it broke. So he went to kick forward. Dustin just blocked it with his elbow and they showed the snap, snap. before it. And you could see it wobbling around even after a few steps. And then man. the one went back and it snapped. Oh, man. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's... Do you also get pain in your groin when you talk about this sort of <laughs> yeah. stuff? Mate, oh, I've man. had three, four knee reconstructions. <laughs> oh, don't. So I'm just like, you know, that seeing that kind of stuff is to me, I'm oh, like... You would have seen um, Janice's um, hyperextension Dude, the other day. Like, yes, <laughs> but but I, I saw Chris, uh, Paul George. I think he was playing for... Maybe he was playing for Team USA and he snapped his leg on a... Oh, nice. <laughs> let's, get, let's get to the next topic, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it, it pains me. Yeah. But that, I mean, and, and I guess the, the follow-on from this is uh, one of the things I also... I mean, there's there's kind of two subjects and it's about the cognitive bias. Like, you know, I want to bring it back to and to Jake Paul, right? Because he gets absolutely thrashed for it. And, and you know, he's he's no better than Connor. Like, he does a lot of what... He, done a lot, he did the same thing to Connor and did it badly. But... The thing that I, I guess, you think is a really interesting conversation is why would it, like, at what point do we al- allow morality or, or choose what morality is based on the status of someone or what they have achieved? Like, is it okay for someone like Connor who has the accolades in the ring 
to get away with something like that or have less consequences because he's done more in the ring. I think I think it all comes from where you come from. Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah. And so the, the wiser man in the room with a level of experience that leans on good quality people, like you saw it with Tiger Woods, bad example, very different subject, but everyone's saying yes, yes, yes. And when he got caught and found out and all the rest of it, shit started to fall down. Mm. But if he had the right people around him, mm-hmm. really steering him, going, dude, you, you're like, you've got nothing to worry about. Just keep your shit clean and stop playing this fucking bullshit over here. Unfortunately, Connor, I don't think he has that in his corner and the hype of MMA or fighting or whatever the, the sport it is. I'm, I'm really not in sync with it. Is, um, it's, it's the hype game. Mm. It's the I'm the biggest, I'm the best, and and I'll I can get lucky with with a shot that'll knock you out, or uh, I'm just gonna tell you how great I am and and get, sell a lot of tickets, and it doesn't matter about the outcome because mm. I'm getting paid, so he gives a shit. Potentially, yeah, his upbringing is coming out again um, towards the back end of his career. You know, I think that's really interesting. We've seen it in business, right? Um, I have anyway. Um, I expect more out of some of my suppliers. But then when I realize what, what, who they are and what they're doing as part of the wheel for, for, for my machine, um, I have to remind myself to be able to, I don't think I'm better or I don't have to come down, but I definitely have to speak on their level. Whether that's above or below, it's irrelevant, but I have to speak on their level. I just left mm. support office in South Melbourne uh, where we have 15 staff um, and George and I, didn't get into a heated conversation between us, but we were, we were in thralls of passion of what we... And I was like, mate, you got to... Like, it wasn't me and him. It was, it was his perception of a reality of what's, ha- of what's truly happening in a circumstance that we're involved in at the moment. Mm. And I'm like, mate, just remember who the audience is here, yeah? Mm. Remember who we're speaking to. And if your message is not getting through to them, then you're going to have to pivot down or up or across. But just remember the recipient um, is the person that you need to get the the conversation across and then once you check yourself on actually you know what I actually have to step up if I'm speaking to a top tier CEO Mm. or I have to step down because I'm speaking to a young student that's coming off and is completely green Um, if you can put your shoes in the foot uh, you put your foot in the shoes of the recipient I think you can communicate a lot better I'm not sure how we got to this part but all I can say is I think Connor doesn't have he doesn't have a solid foundation. He might have billions in the bank or allegedly turning over billions. Doesn't necessarily make he has that in liquid. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the right people mm. in your corner, easy come, easy go to your point where I'm just going to take fights, take losses because I, re- I need the revenue coming through the door. Well, it defines him. It's the, that, like that's his identity. And I think now that he's starting to rack up the losses, uh, he, start, like he, he doesn't know uh, who he is anymore, you know? But, yeah, and this is the thing, right? Like, is he, like, and this is, like, is he just better off calling it? No, so so you're, you're thinking too wisely. You're thinking too strategic. Um, this is another guy. This is a guy that needs another hit. He needs either, like, your, mm. another music hit, if you're a musician and you don't want to sell platinum records, or a fighter that needs to have that next fight, win, draw, 
it's it's covering his exposure on the next liability that he has outside of the ring. Mm. So uh, I'm not entirely sure that we want to waste the audience time trying to dissect Conor McGregor because I think in reality, I think he's perfectly positioned for where he's come from and what he's done and he should be very proud of himself. Mm. Circumstantially, maybe, he lost the fight, but his reactions and actions will define him and people either look up to that because they're also coming from nothing to, oh my God, you could be the next Conor McGregor or, massive pivot here, you could be like Richard Branson, who went into space yesterday and on Virgin Galactic, and he's up there going, I was just a kid with a dream. How cool was that? And I got shivers. I actually showed my daughter four times. I was like, listen to the subtitles that are coming. Read the subtitles that are coming here. He was just a kid like you once, and he dreamt of going to space, and he did it. Conor McGregor, let's bring it back, was a guy with literally nothing but his bare knuckles, and he turned out to be quite um, successful with, with his fists that got him to the status that he's at. I think that the message here is, or should be, and I welcome pivots from you guys at any time, um, is that if you can believe in yourself, it doesn't matter whether you're coming from Connor or you're Richard Branson and you want to knock the next person out or you want to take people to the moon or, or into space on, on travel, if you're willing to back yourself um, and you're willing to put in the work, 17 years it took Richard Branson to become an astronaut yesterday. 17 years. Not an overnight success, right? Mm. Um, and I'm sure Conor McGregor equally probably took him just as long um, to do whatever he did to get where he's at for us to be wasting 35 minutes right now talking about a broken leg in a, in a match. So um, I, think that, I think that if you're prepared to back yourself and you have people that are prepared to back you, almost like putting your chips behind you in a casino only potentially with better odds, um, then you must go out and execute and never forget where you've come from and never forget what got you, never, never forget what you did to get to where you're at. And then it's a repeat. I say to my, the happiness team every day, we don't need to be doing more for our members. We just need to stay consistent at doing what we've already set the bar at hitting every day. Um, if we exceed it, that's great. That's growth. But now we need to play the game up here. Don't come back down here because mm -hmm. you're going to, let people down, mm -hmm. yeah? So I'm not sure if I've completely dear. No, well, I mean, the, the whole reason I wanted to talk about it is just legacy, right? Like, I think legacy is something that's that's huge and it's an interesting psychological dynamic, right? That, you know, because it's in us as business owners too, right? The want for more, you know, the need for more. It's like the bigger, the better, the, the additive, you know, what's the next move? Um, and I, I feel like that's almost the situation he's come in, but it's like you mentioned it before, the loss of identity, and it's, it's just an interesting thing around legacy, you know, like what is his legacy? Is he tarnishing that right now? You know, is that is this going to be, you know, can he control himself in this moment? Is that the, you know, is that the, you know, is that the, the characteristic of, of someone of greatness, you know? I, like. But I think, I think you like, I think you, so I, lo I love you, but I think you're thinking too deeply about it, I think Conor McGregor is looking for his next punch up. That's mm. what he's thinking about. Get my leg better so I can go out there and punch some other guy in the face. I think that's all he cares about. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he thinks about legacy. I don't think he thinks about the, the tone and the value that he's setting for his kids and people that are watching him. Mm. I don't think he cares. I think they're feeding him too much money and he's completely disconnected mm. and this situation is going to humble him one way or another. Mm. Um, for me... A legacy is everything. 
Yeah. It, Everything. That's what I want to know, right? So, so like, you know, how do you define it then? Or, or what is it to you? Well, it's, I, I suppose it's, it's completely tied to how I want to leave the world. Yeah. And I want to leave it in a better place than when I entered it. And I want my kids to be in a safe place financially. Mm. And I want my kids to have freedom and not have to work because they have to pay the bills or the mortgage or this or that. But they can go and do whatever they want. Like I sit with my daughter Maddie every night and she wants to be a big DJ, musician, singer, actress. She's prepared to put in the work. But I don't care if she makes five bucks from it or she makes 50 million from it. It won't even matter because I just want to enable her to be able to go and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, so that's my legacy. How my do you balance that though? Because you're a busy man, obviously, with yeah, the course. work that you do. How do you balance your work life? I've got an amazing... This is probably coming from two aspiring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, give us the advice. <laughs> yeah, no, so... Well, we're, we're both at a point where, we're obviously, we're so just ingrained in what we do. It's very selfish, and you're now at a point where you have to be selfless. Always been selfless. Yeah. So if it wasn't my kids, it was my mom and my sisters. Yeah. And if it wasn't them, it was my dogs. But, but, but the hard truth is all comes down to my wife, mm-hmm. right? She is the queen of our house, and she can kick me in the nuts and tell me how it is and tell me I'm getting carried away and ground me quite, quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. And I love her, so I listen, yeah? Um, and so how do I balance it? I don't have a choice because if I didn't balance it, she'd come at my throat. And not in an aggressive way. I'm not yeah. sure if you've ever met Sim. She's, she's this amazing little package that look, couldn't look like she could hurt a fly. And she's not aggressive, but she's grounded and she has amazing values. And she'll tell me I'm off course. She doesn't grab me around the throat and say, you're being a dickhead or you're not giving attention. But, but at the same time, um, you know, I want for my kids what I didn't have. Mm. And that was a present father. My dad passed when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the age of 16, I didn't have a father in my life. And so I just want to give my kids what I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And when I get carried away with the entrepreneurship and there's a lot of things going on and a lot of hustle and I run from this one to that one to this, um, and I keep them all going to grow, um, my wife grounds me. And so I've been able to compartmentalize mm. a, enough to get me by and if I kind of slide outside the compartment like um, she's ca- she's capable and strong enough as a woman to bring me back to what's important so do you have a moment when you're say you're in the car you've just pulled into the driveway especially last year last year being a very difficult year how do you not bring that stress home yeah so actually creative cubes because I feel like I stress 24 7 it, yeah it, you, it, know? It, you know what um, I, and, and this sounds really weird right but Getting a dog showed me how selfish I was. And it's just a dog. Like, you know, I could imagine kids just being that next level up. But I'm like, because I'm the same. Like, 50 you know, levels up. Dad's <laughs> everything to me, you know. Like, I, I want to be a great dad. Like, that's, that's I have this, it's the same drive for me. Mm. It's like, I just, and, and for me, it's like, I, I'm not going to try to flick the switch when it happens. Instead, I want to do it now so that when it, when it, when I'm there. Operating rhythm. I'm just, I'm, I'm there, you know, and I can deal with it. But getting a dog change that for me because it showed me how selfish I was it made me a better partner you know because I realized I'm like fuck I must be a piece of shit when I come home (laughs) do you know what I mean and I'm just thinking in my head I'm like because I've just brought that stress and even with COVID like we were talking you know it's just like it's one of those things that I just feel like getting the dogs being one of the best things that's happened to me because it's given me something else to focus on I feel like during COVID all I focus on is work 
and and I again I think back to you know how selfish that is, especially because I've got a partner as well, as well, you know, um, and and it's not to say that you know same thing. It's like you know I, I treat her with utmost amount of respect, but it's the, it's I guess it's the the fact that I've been so ingrained in work that having him and and that responsibility is like I know that when I'm at home I'm a partner, but he kind of comes with me everywhere, and now it's like I have a responsibility. It's like you know. And it's almost taught me that don't work for the sake of working. Mm. Like you've got other things out there that you that are that again this word legacy that are a part of this legacy. And, and it's hard as an entrepreneur, though. You, you know, like you get caught up in the whole like you've got to be grinding twenty four seven. Made no, no I feel excuse. guilty when I have downtime. Yeah, no, no, no excuse. And um, and and nothing's different on this side of the fence. Yeah, yeah? the grass yeah. is not greener on the other side. The the uh, the reality is like, but this weekend I've been going through a, a crazy transaction at the moment. Um, which I can't share at the moment, but I'm going through a crazy, and it's built into my weekend, mm-hmm. and it, and it threw me off the whole weekend. Mm. I was a hor- horrible husband, horrible father, horrible person. Period. Just because this thing was, it got to a point where we're just about to transact, and something comes out of left field. I'm like, fuck! I didn't. Why didn't you tell me that? Mm. Why didn't you tell? Me? Oh, I, I didn't know. Okay. Build, build, build. Okay, we're just about to, cl- and then something else happens, or there's this liability, or there's that, or whatever. Um, and so I took that into the weekend. The week, the Friday finished at eight o'clock at night. Didn't get what I needed done, so that was going to happen now Monday, which is now Tuesday, probably Wednesday, it'll close tomorrow. Um, and so, perfectly normal, yeah. And like, definitely not Superman here. However, um, Creative Cubes was created to help me compartmentalize. Mm. So when I was in Los Angeles, how Creative Cube started was. I, I, uh, I was working from my spare bedroom in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and seeing my wife would be coming in, like, hey, let's go get ice cream or let's go ride the bikes through Venice. I'm like, babe, I'm working. Yeah, yeah, but you work for yourself. Like, let's just take an hour off. I, I, can't, I can't switch this off to just do that and be happy. And in that moment, I, I need to sort of finish here. So I ended up taking a two-person private office in a co-working space in Santa Monica, which was the old Google headquarters. And that's when I realized that actually I can go to work, I can go and smash whatever I need to smash. And the, sounds crazy, but the physical locking of the door at night, despite the fact that my emails are on my phone and my laptop's in my back pocket, the locking of the door was actually the signal where I've just got to switch off and I've got to be 100 on the other side, which is in focus of her. Yeah? And so now I refer to it as almost two treadmills. Where I come in, I do the entrepreneur thing at four o'clock in the morning until five thirty at night. Park, go home. I'm ba- uh, bathing the kids, or showering the kids, or reading books, or doing sight words, or doing whatever the case with. They go back to bed, and then I actually like get two hours to myself um, to just read, mm-hmm. read the iPad, go through my Twitter feed, read articles that come through. Flipboard used to be one of my favorite apps then apple bought apple new like it's complicated but um and then it's up and repeat mm-hmm. yeah so almost break the day into cycles it's good and you've got to be disciplined you set that boundary though where it doesn't always yeah. work no but, but yeah <laughs> yeah no, no like i just want to be real with you but yeah. like i do try mm-hmm. i probably try even harder on the family side of things because i'm so in love with trying to execute as an entrepreneur that I can't dance with both at the same time. Mm. I totally agree. Like the, the cubes was big for me for that. Like being able to come in somewhere 
and and then you know i know it's six o'clock it's like i'm going home i'm switching off it gives me that time you know whether i'm walking home because i live close or or it's a drive it was that signal to me that it's like okay now i can stop and that's kind of what i mean is like now when i go home i don't work yep i'm just done and that's whereas previously before getting this guy because my partner's you know high demand role she's growing she's in the same thing like she's not an entrepreneur but she's got she's trying to really progress in her career and she's doing an amazing job like and and she continuously keeps upping that level and it's like we're both getting home and and we were bringing <laughs> we we're bringing work home and and because we were both doing it it's like it's okay now do you know what i mean um and that's what he's changed because it's like you know you, you can't get away with that you know like when we get home anymore um yeah. and it's been good for us we're like how do we, like how were we functioning previously yep. and I, I think that to the to the point is like one thing i always said about a dog was that i wasn't ready for it and it's like what a load of shit because mm. it's like that is that is the exact like it's like i think you need that responsibility to make those changes and that's why i'm like that just even like, i'm lucky i got surprised with him like I, you know, I rocked up on a Sunday and it was there. You were expecting a cat? I was and expecting that would have a been cat, a lot right? Less work. Oh man, I would, you know, I would have still been. By the way, I was also surprised with my firstborn. <laughs> I knew she was coming. I knew for nine months she was coming. But the day that I found out was also quite a surprise. Like, oh shit, okay, now time to step up in here. Um, but I think you know, to the point, it's it's about you don't you can't really plan for it, but it's that responsibility that comes in. Like I'm so grateful just and it's again it's like it's not even big i'm making much more out of this than what it actually is but it just showed me how selfish i was and that's that's helping me even on weekends it's like you know i, I would be the guy who would be like yeah i'm gonna work one day of my weekend so i would I, you know i'd go to cube saturdays and and that would just be my day and i'm just thinking back to it now and i'm like fuck like you're like what are you doing you're so like that's so selfish um sort of I mean, if it made you happy, it is what it, it is. It did make me happy. It did make me happy, right? But, uh, you know, it wasn't a, there wasn't enough conversation as to, hey, how are you, like to my partner, how are you feeling about this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which and, and she's so supportive that it probably would have been okay no matter what. You know what I mean? Um, to, to your point, how do you balance? Like, I actually put stuff on my calendar. Yeah. So if my wife wants me somewhere, mm. she needs to send me a calendar. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing on the 8th of this at 8 o'clock? Uh, no, I'm available. Cool, I'm sending you a calendar. And then, like, I do this thing with her. It used to be once a month. It's now, like, every two weeks. It's called a slow morning. Yeah? I take the kids to school. I come home. We walk the dog. Um, we go for breakfast. If that's all, you know, now we're doing some budgets for the new financial year. Mm-hmm. Um, but slow morning is built in to... Um, I've, I've introduced that into my own life, actually. Yeah. So I don't get up and started until about 10 o'clock. Okay. No, I, but yeah. I use that time for myself. No, so this slow morning is not just having a sleep in? I don't have a sleep in. I get up, I exercise, oh, okay. I do all those things for myself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, slow mo- so I build this stuff into my calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Saturdays I have a 10 o'clock. It's singing lessons with my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, and so... Oh, so you even do it on the weekends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. like, wow. you, it, I'm governed by my calendar. Yeah. And so, so long as, um, so long as it's in my calendar, I'm committed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps me compartmentalize as well. Yeah, some, I was speaking to someone else and they say that they share the calendar. We have a shared calendar. Yeah, the shared calendar works really well. And that's something I'm going to do because I'm a big calendar guy as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everything in my day from the second I wake up to the second I go to bed is prioritized. Same with weekends. I, I, for me, I don't actually calendar anything else. 
Do you have two separate calendars though? Because yes. how? Yeah. Oh, I have more than yeah. two, but yes. Yeah. Um, the idea is, and here's my wife now calling. Um, uh, we have a shared calendar as a family, mm. and then um, we have. I mean, if she wants something from me, she doesn't put it in the shared calendar. She sends me a calendar, and it sits on my. My, my email. This is like, this is hands down one of the biggest, like this is the hardest thing as an entrepreneur in my opinion. Like, Because I worked literally all weekend. I was up at seven and I was working through until midnight. Yep. So Both I days. wasn't, but in my head, I was, try, I was in this transaction the whole weekend. Mm. And so, but I wasn't at work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's even better to just yeah, go, to, one go the to the office and just be at the office. Yep. Don't be home and not present. If you're home, be present. And if you're at work, be present. Don't mm. be thinking about outside. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's like, you know, uh, the, the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. I don't know, Tim Ferriss, but Tim he kind of talks about like, it's just do the most important things. You know, like whatever, you know, and he goes, you can walk, f- like if you do the most important things, it's going to get the most progress and you only prioritize those. That gets you the growth and you have the, the freedom everywhere else. But for me, it's kind of like, that's like, you know, now it's like on a Saturday, I love taking him to the park. And I'm like, that's something that I, I, I'm not willing to sacrifice because I know it's going to affect his development. Totally. So I'm just like, cool. I've got three hours or four hours to go as hard as I can if I'm doing that. And it's even like my, you know, even now, so it's changing the way I'm looking at my business. Like there's tasks and things that I'm taking on now that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not taking those on anymore. I'm outsourcing. Mm-hmm. I'm hiring. I'm, I'm, the way I'm trying to grow my company instead of being that technician is now going, well, nah, like I can't do that anymore. I need to be the leader. I need to be able to delegate. I need to be able to build this infrastructure in my business. Totally. And it's like, yeah, I just think it's crazy, the dynamic. Um, you need a dog. <laughs> I, I, th- I respect it so much. It's something like, especially you, Tobes, I respect it so much because I always see... Uh, your posts uh, about your family and you spending time and just like laughing and having. It's not easy time. though. I've, yeah. I, I, I'm sure it's really it's hard, easy. but yeah. I respect it so much because, fr- uh, from what it seems, family is obviously everything North to Star, you. North Star, hundred percent. And everything that you do outside of that is just to facilitate that. You know. It, yeah. There's two stories, like two, two people's stories that I watch to be a better person, you, you know, and just to set me straight when yeah. I think life's a little bit hard or, yeah. I've, you know, businesses and this and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's you and Brendan. Oh, I'm yeah. like, you know, because I'm like, kids, what? Like, <laughs> Man, what do you, what BA, do you mean? BA for me is... <laughs> Goat. Is the, yeah. Like how, just even on the phone. Yeah, I'll call him all fired up. I'll be like, cool, man. Yeah. Like really <laughs> calm. And really collected and really thoughtful and really sincere and just dialed in. I'm like, fuck, I want to be like, I want to mm. be like that. Yeah, he, 100%. And I look, at, I look at you that way as well. I'm I like, do too. I'm 100%. like, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. And I'm like, I respect mm. it. And it, it kind of grounds me. It's like, hey, like you can do this too. Mm. You don't like, because I reckon as an entrepreneur, you get sucked into thinking you need to work all the time. And you need to, like, that's like that's the only way your idea will become successful. But I think successful. COVID did a lot for that. Like, if there's any silver lining in COVID, it's slow the fuck down. We're not here for a long time. Let's have a good time. And if you enjoy working for seven hours on a Saturday, fucking go do it. I think but if COVID want, had the opposite effect on I'm, it. I'm the same. It really? It revved yeah. me up. Oh, no, no. It, <laughs> for me, it's sort of like... But I didn't have those distractions. But but it it slowed me down because I had no choice. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a physical place and place to be, yeah. Mm. And um, we were told to stay at home, 
So I know we kind of were, you know, we were able to get to the space, you know, individually. Um, I was there supporting essential services. Um, so I was able to go to the office. But um, no, I actually enjoyed no planes in the sky when I'm running um, from, you know, we live in Brighton, from Brighton to St Kilda and back. Um, the water was always calm. Mm. The water was really clear. Um, That's why I love living down that way. Yeah, it's just slow. Mm. Yeah, but but I'd love to There's hear no why. There's no traffic as well. Yeah, there was no traffic. I love it. Yeah. Curfew at eight o'clock. Yeah, it's perfect. I get into bed at seven thirty every night and read. Often, often my kids put me to sleep. You know, they're still playing till eight o'clock. I'm like, hey guys, turn it down in there. <laughs> Try to get to sleep. <laughs> but um, why, why did it? Why did it have the opposite effect for you? Honestly, I think it's because I was selfish. You know, I, I honestly, I, I really think I look back now and I go, I'm trying. And, and you know what? My habits are ingrained in me. And it's like, but I think it was purely because there was nothing really else to do. Like, I'm not the type of person who would sit down and just binge Netflix. Like, it just doesn't yeah, do no, it for but me. I don't think, I don't even remember the last TV. Oh, I'm watching the TV show at the moment because a friend of mine's on it. But. I don't watch TV. Yeah. It's an wa absolute waste of time for me. And that's what I'm saying, right? But I think for me, it was the selfishness. It's like I could have been doing all these other things. You know, I could have been working on these other things, but instead I just turned to my work. And I think now uh, it's actually, it's now what I look at is I'm changing that. And I'm, I'm actually making an effort to, to really change that. Super interesting because I was kind of forced. And the second I just, I didn't give up by any stretch, but the second I, I gave and said, all right, COVID wins. Mm. I started to kind of enjoy the moment. It wasn't an enjoyment, enjoyable moment, but I started to enjoy the moment. It was my wife and I actually started leaving our kids at the house and we would start to do walks around the blocks with the dogs because the kids didn't want to come. All right, well, you've got your iPad. If, you, if it was an emergency, my daughter's almost 10. If it's an emergency, just FaceTime us. I'll be home in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, and we started to do bigger loops and longer loops and got out to 30 minutes and spent time together and then walked back into to the house together. That's so good. I don't know. Like That's the stuff it that It slowed you need. me down. That's what he's done for us. It's like, you know, we're doing walks together. We're, we're doing all this stuff together now. And it's like, I, it's, for me, it's a shame that it took that to do it, mm -hmm. but I'm so grateful for it. And I think that's the thing for me. It was like that change is what I needed. Yep. And, him, and that's been the spark. So it's been good for me in that sense, getting a, a puppy. Yep. Um, but I definitely think the reason it went backward is, is because... I, I do have this perception that it need I need to work extremely hard and that I, you know, again, it comes back to my North Star, you know, like I'm like, it's like I'm in a rush because I need to get everything done before I become a father. Mm -hmm. And I would, I, and the thing I started to realize was, am I using that as, as not an excuse, but as I guess a, almost like a mirage that everything needs to be perfect right now and I need to build this magical business right now. Now, yes, I do need to, to work at it right now, but not at the expense of other things. Yeah, so I think, so so much in that. Um, the first thing that I want to say is that if everything finished tomorrow, the world collapsed and neither of us were on this planet anymore. How would you feel then? 100%. Right? I, and th that's been the biggest thing that's, uh, it's, that's been, that, that's the question that I reckon over the last three months has been changing everything. So I need to ask myself that question more often, I think. Mate, you need to focus on what makes you happy. Mm. And if that's work, go ahead and do it. Mm. But I challenge you to try one new thing every week. 
and see if your true, true happiness is in your work. Mine is, mm. you know, two treadmills for me. I, and those two treadmills are perfect. I love the work treadmill and it can go as fast and faster. But as soon as I come home, I got to get on the next treadmill and I got to give the same to my kids and my wife, yeah? Um, but if everything was to end tomorrow, I'd be very, very happy. I'd be very, very content. Um, I definitely wouldn't have hit the goals that I want to hit, but I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, that they're, makes, they're that goals makes me happy. For a reason they're, they're but I'm, I'm not convinced, Kyle, that um, your um, lens on it was def is definitely my, was my lens at a younger rate. I'm 41 this year. Um, and my perception of it has drastically changed, specifically in the last nine years with Maddie, my oldest daughter. Uh, and maybe a little bit before that, we just Sim. Um, but Sim and I have been together for 20 years. Yeah. And Sim and I probably would not have lasted if she didn't kick me in the nuts and say, hey, there's more to this world than you trying to make that extra sale and close that extra deal. And not even cues related. This is like 20 years ago when I started making pet lures. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go visit that extra store today. Come home. It'll be there tomorrow. No, 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 no. Yes. Get your ass. And because I love her that much, I was like, all right. I, I lowered my ego and listened to her. And I think it's put me in a good place. Mm. Um, and I'm hopeful that Conor McGregor has someone like that in his life. Um, <laughs> he was I mean, just a catalyst for this conversation. To be yeah, fair. no, I'd be like, <laughs> you know, like it's in reality, like you're only as strong as your weakest link. And my wife is far from my weakest link, but she's, she's real, really strong and she knows how to handle me um, to bring, bring back for the focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's amazing. And I've got to be honest with you, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, legit, if it wasn't for her. If I sort of stayed in Sydney because I was born and raised in Sydney and I sort of potentially stayed with an ex-girlfriend and thought that was as good as it's ever going to be, like... I'd probably be a miserable, miserable little son of a bitch right now, yeah? Mm. But I came here, I widened my horizons. One of the biggest growth hacks that I think I ever did in complete hindsight was move overseas. I was going to say that. That is a big one. Where I had no friends, no family, and I had to go out and hustle, make money to cover rent, da 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 da, da. Um, But those people that are now, like Los Angeles is where I live for almost a decade. BA is a great example. Um, those people are like family to me. Mm. more so than my family that's not to take anything away from my family it's just like we went through different shit and we're not blood but we love each other and we care about each other not because we have to because that's my brother or mom or sister or whatever mm. um so a growth hack for me i want to push interesting. i had the same uh, i had the same experience when i lived in london yeah yeah just i'm gonna push my kids out of the house i've already like warming my daughter up yeah you one day you're gonna go live in the u.s yeah mm. like mum and dad aren't gonna be there my mum had my mum had the same effect on me. She yeah. was like, "You need to get overseas." My mum came when she was nineteen to Australia. She's been here for fifty years. Still is not a um, Australian citizen, for whatever reason. Um, and you know, she never went back because she didn't she she didn't fit. She went back, but didn't fit in her old box. And her eyes were wider, and the experience that she had abroad really changed her. Mm. And so I think that's a ma if anyone can, uh, you don't even have to be able to afford to do it. Mm. Just start washing dishes at a pub in the UK if that's where you want to mm. go. I don't know, I'm making this stuff up, but just get on the plane. You've been having this thought recently, haven't you? Yeah, kind of. Like we, we <laughs> thought about it, but I mean, you've it's, got the dog now. 
It's not even the dog, man. Take the dog it's with you. I took two dogs to Los Angeles <laughs> with me. It's not even that. It's just the environment we're in. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I hear you. I like hear it's you. like you know, if you ha- honestly, if COVID wasn't here, oh uh, yeah, I, I probably would have done it. Yeah, you know, I probably yeah. we would have done it six months ago, yeah. twelve months ago. You know, but it's just been hard in the current. Of, like I, I, you know, COVID started in what March two thousand and twenty. In June, I was meant to be in LA for for eight weeks. Mm. You know, running and gunning, podcasting. I had a lot of different business opportunities over there. That a lot of things booked in, and and you know that seems like something that's far in the distance now you know what i mean i still got the travel credits that i'm waiting to use but yeah i mean it's something i recognize like every time i've traveled like that's you know when when you put me on to ba like you know that's something that i just look back at and i go if i didn't travel i would never have even been able to meet him and and he's the kind of guy that you know you just learn so much without even talking to him you know what i mean it's just like you just watch what he does and you're like yeah okay I've got a little bit more in me in all these different elements. He's of amazing. Life. He's amazing. Ex-pro NFL Super Bowl champ. Um, now has you know. I think there's and and you know, not even just that. Like rejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rejection after rejection after rejection, and just said, eh, "You're not going to stop me." He still made. He made. But I think after the Super Bowl, and I'm not even right. I don't know if I'm right on this, but he was he was let go as well right and he claims that that was one of the best days of his life it, it's so crazy right. like you go and watch on youtube right and, and it's like they win the super bowl everybody's going crazy drinking and then they go up to ba they're like so what are your celebration plans like look man um i'm actually about to finish my mba so i've got exams next week so you know i'm just going to be taking it easy um starts talking about the program and and, and it's so kind he's, of this he's built in a different way though he's obviously yeah. got different it, it's crazy man like it, you know, you just you read his story. You know, I think he, you know, he didn't get drafted. Um, went and played in the Canadian Football League. Then finally got a contract. Got let go by three teams. He's just a grinder. Pro pro bowler. So you know, two time pro bowler. Um, won the Super Bowl ring. Leaves that. Becomes an, an amazing entrepreneur. Like they, and, they're, they're spearheading close to a hundred locations of Orange Theory through California, and they just bought into Ohio State. Like the, guy, the guy's amazing. He's an animal, man. He's amazing. Yeah, and he's so cool. gentle. Yeah, he's so gentle. Like I'm fired up about no. This is like let's just focus on, and he completely like okay yeah let's do that. <laughs> and so he's my business partner in yeah. Orange Theory. Very yeah. generous. You uh-huh. know, like uh, he just the, the you know he gives his time and he and, and when he does he he's it's everything and mm. you know you, you see his father you know his fatherhood and and the way he goes about that. Amazing. And, just everything, man. It's it's quite amazing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> he rolls his son up when yeah. he scores a goal. Championship. <laughs> no, good guy, good guy, and um, I'm I'm very lucky to have people like that in my corner. You know, he he put money in when I wanted to launch Orange Theory here in Victoria. We've got two studios, Hawthorne and South Yarra, uh, with a license to grow it to to 12, another 10 locations that we want to sort of roll out. I really love what we did in vertically integrating Orange Theory into Cubes. I want to try and do more of that in Collingwood potentially as a next site um, if I can rebound out of COVID because, you know, gyms and, mm. and whatnot ha- and hospitality it's been a rough ride. have had a, had a r- like, yeah, you can't even make this stuff up. Gyms is like next, Just about next everything level. you're in was hit so hard, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I'm still here. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, and that's not naively. I, I think there's, I think now, like I look at like Flight Center as an example. 
you know. Um, I'm very lucky to be in business with the Harris family. Mm. Uh, Jeff Harris, who founded Fly Center. When, when we resume, he has all that infrastructure mm. to just go flip, 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 and away it goes, yeah? Mm. Um, I think for us as well, like we have tremendous infrastructure. We saw an incredible rebound out of COVID, um, both in all businesses, in our events business, our food and beverage business, our gyms, our Orange Theory Fitness businesses, and, and Creative Cubes, right? So um, the infrastructure is there. And so long as we could keep it with a heartbeat, keep it alive, yeah. it's ready. It's, I mean, it's already rocketed out, yeah. right? And, yeah. um, and when, when the shit hit the fan for like first wave, hey, we're going into lockdown, hey, JobKeeper's coming. I was like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this is our moment. This is where if we are smart... We can leapfrog a hundred, a hundred, you know, opportunities here. Mm. Um, That's the mind of an like you know. I mean, we obviously do a lot of consulting and education and, and stuff like that. And it's funny, like Sydney went into lockdown, and 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 I've seen this happen with all Melburnians as well. But it's like they come in and. It's almost like that. Oh yeah, like we just got to put everything on pause for like three weeks or. That's the second, or third weeks. order thinking. That's what's going to really change the game for you. Yeah, but it's like that. That okay. This is our biggest this opportunity. This is everything. And this I, I said that to these, so, so like, because, you know, there's a gym that we worked with and, and you know, same thing. And, and they seen 160 new people go through during the lockdown because they had outdoor work. And I'm just like, I started saying all everyone, I'm like, this is your biggest opportunity. Change that mindset. Mm-hmm. But I think that talks more to what it, what it really takes to be a great entrepreneur. Yeah, you've got to like, you've almost got to run 100 kilometers out front quickly and then go, fuck, it's going to be okay. And then run back. And then go, all right, it's going to be okay. Just what's the next step? What's the next step? And then take those next 100 steps really slowly or those next 100Ks really slowly. Um, but, but we have this metaphor um, at Cubes where I'm the entrepreneur out the front spearheading the operation. And I like go in the sewage tank, climb out, up a tree, over a hill, in a ditch, get chased by you know, a wild pack of animals, you know, finally make it to the other side. And I go, hey, George. It's like, yeah. I was like, come on through. So he comes with the machete, starts chopping down the trees. And then he gets to the other side. He's like, yeah, it's right, it's right. Hey, Gav, Sade. And then they start, oh, Sade starts to pave the road. And so now we've got the beautiful road. And they're like, hey, Gav. And then he brings all the members through. And then I get back over the next hill and I'll start doing this again. And repeat, repeat, <laughs> repeat. And I, I'm in my elements just deli- like executing the unthinkable and then having an, an amazing team that can kind of follow my 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 bread tru- breadcrumbs yeah. through the trail mm. get there roll it out and now once the, once the highways are built it kind of comes a little bit boring um at least for me it doesn't i don't i'm not involved in the day-to-day but like i'm now looking for the next jungle to take on right um and we've done that several times and it works um but i quickly ran through COVID, going all right so office space leases they're gonna get fucking crushed Everyone's working from home. Fuck, we might get burnt. Actually, I've worked from home before. Sucks. It wears off very quickly. Mm. There's no compartmentalization of life. But if I can work from home, I realize that I don't need the traditional office lease, but I need a space. So why don't I just get a membership and have access? Maybe I'll take a two-person office. Maybe I'll just get you know coffee table down in a, or a breakout seat or I'll take co-working space. Or maybe I don't even need any of that. I just need a space to meet my clients and then I can work from home. So I just need meeting room access. So we started to cultivate all these products and I think we've delivered in a phenomenal way. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like we've bunted the ball 
and we're now on first base. Mm -hmm. And now I need someone like a BA to come in and just go <laughs> <laughs> so I can run the next three and get home, yeah, right? Yeah. But um, man, I, like the the businesses that are in, I was in historically, and maybe this is a, a self-reflection or a self-check for you guys, or, or at least very much for your audience. I was so hyper-focused on the destination. Mm. I was so hyper-focused on I can make my first million, two, three, four, and then I'll be in a safe place and then I can relax. But actually, like those were the hardest years to execute. And now we're on a platform where I can really make impact. The game changes a little bit and it's this carrot that sits out in front the whole time that mm. I can't quite grab. But it's just there, just in front, just to keep me motivated. And maybe one day, like there'll be this massive liquidity event, and all these things will happen. And there'll be something else. Yeah, and you there'll be something that. exactly, there'll always be something exactly else. right. And like <laughs> I get on the farm, and I'm sitting there in Byron Bay, and I'm having a sip, going, "I can't do this for another <laughs> day. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get me out of here." 100%. Yeah, that's what I went through. I I had a big exit a couple of years ago, and then I went overseas and travelled, and then I came back. I was sitting on the Gold Coast six months. I was bored. Yeah. Gonna, so gotta wake bored. up with purpose like I said yeah. at the beginning of this segment my exit was the best thing that ever happened to me mm. and the worst thing that ever happened to me yeah because I lost my purpose the day after yeah. I got my check yeah. I was like cool let's go shopping and then bought a bunch of shit that I didn't need and you realize it doesn't make you and happy and I'm like the thing fuck that was this is what did I do <laughs> and then seven months later I'm like fuck I shouldn't have sold this thing in the first place um but you re re realign your goals, realign your focus. I think what you guys have got here is fantastic. You know, this is, a, this is an evolution of where you've come from. Um, you should be very proud. I hope you take check every time you turn the lights off when you leave here at yeah. night. Uh, it, that's the best part of the day. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, walking in the next day to go, all right, it's me against the world. Let's go fucking rock this thing. Mm. Um, but like a friend of mine used to say, like, you're never going to be ready for, you, you know, you, financial planning and all this, that, you're never going to be ready. Be in the moment, live it. COVID strips so much away from us. Um, and so, you know, my message of, of all of this today would be just to just recognize how far you've come. Mm. If you're not quite there, work out how to, how to kind of get there. Um, to think that someone like Conor McGregor sitting there with billions to his name, he doesn't have that in the bank. It's not in liquid. It might be an asset and maybe one day he'll sell it and he'll have a few hundred million before he pays tax, <laughs> you know, to his name. And even then, you know, like I wouldn't want to be him having to do what he has to do every day to, to get the money. Um, I'm doing exactly what I want to do right here, right now, whether there's money in it or not, doesn't excite me and doesn't change my North Star. Um, legacy for my kids, um, to 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 be a, a proud and loving present father um, and husband is a big challenge but something that I like nothing comes in front of ever period the end um, and I'm trying to build a business and a lifestyle for myself where I can get my my thrills out of trying to pull something off and you know I've I've definitely lost more over the years uh, in trying but the ones that have sunk the ones that have hit have gone and paid for the for all those losses mm. um but at the end of the day man like i i hate going to bed at night and i love waking up um i love trying to squash every ounce out of the day and i love putting myself through the ringer because you only realize 
how much you've got when you really push yourself. And I've, pushed my, I've been on airplanes from LA to Hawaii crying. I'm going to Hawaii with the kids and I'm crying. And my wife's like, are you all right? I'm like, I think I went too far on that one. I think I pushed myself in, in a commercial way into a situation that I didn't, I've gone too far and now I don't know how to get back. Mm. And, and so, you know, like I, I'm going to paradise and I'm fucking miserable because I'm in a lot of pain. But at the same time, pushing yourself to that limit, pushing yourself to that failure. Um, you know, Will Smith is someone that I look up to. Uh, some of the stuff that he puts out is amazing. You know, you only, um, you go to the gym not to, not to be comfortable. You go to the gym to really push yourself and failure is actually how you grow. Um, so long as you're not doing that maliciously to yourself, throw yourself at it, do everything you can to go get it. Um, don't lose yourself in the process at all victim completely did that um on, on one of my journeys um and just continue to make sure that you're not you're not going through the motions everybody dies Fuck, that's so relatable but not everybody lives <laughs> everybody dies <laughs> everybody dies but not everybody lives yeah i'm about to go on holidays and i'm like shit i feel like i could cry <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> but it's good that it's coming out yeah <laughs> um everybody dies but not everybody lives I needed yeah. this today, I think. Yeah, shit. I, I really needed too. it. I'm sorry that you didn't have a pillow <laughs> in your bed on the you know, therapy session. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, we were literally saying this before we came on the podcast. We're both at this point where we're just feeling like we, I don't know, we've pushed ourselves so hard and there's just nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So you need to refocus. Yeah. I would recommend you try two or three different things over the next month mm. that you would never actually look at. And see if you can find a level of happiness or uh, a shift in mindset from that, you know. Um, yeah, and I don't sit here as King Dingling, right? Like I, I've got my own, um, you know, my own stuff. But, but you got the experience, and priorities, you know, the perspective. Yeah. To Wisdom. But I also yeah. lost early, right? So at the age of sixteen, I lost my dad, mm. and I listened to my mom go, "We can't afford to do that," or "No, I'm sorry, I can't provide you with that," or "We can't do that," um, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like never again this shit has never fucking happened again i took control of my of my life and how we steer the vehicle um and it's been fucking awesome and it hasn't been all glitz and glamour in fact 99 percent of the time it's mm. not mm. it's hustle and grind and doing shit that you don't like i'm in a very uncomfortable transaction at the moment on something that i'm desperately trying to close and it's making me miserable mm. and i'm actually questioning why am i doing this then mm-hmm I desperately want to do it. I don't know, I, I'm doing a, I'm doing it for the right reasons, but getting there is making me think about: Do I really want this? Mm-hmm. So every day has its challenges, but fuck, we're here. We're not here for a long time, yeah. So you yeah. got to enjoy the journey. It's just perspective, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I've been paranoid that that knock on the door was like, whose car is that parked in my spot? <laughs> no, it was a coffee table. Okay. So we're good. I knew it was coming and I'm like, I bet it'll come, you fucking thing. <laughs> um, Tobes, I want to say a massive thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, um, cheers. Thank you. You know, super grateful, super, I uh, just learned so much. So um, humbling, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is. And I think, you know, our audience can, can take a lot home from that. I'm sure there's a ton of entrepreneurs that are probably almost tearing up like me and Braden <laughs> feeling that same thing. Um, that was yeah. not the intention. I just came to speak. <laughs> you sent me a, a text yesterday like, yeah, we can talk on that topic. 
<laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I see you as a legacy guy. You know, as I said, you're someone who I go I'm to. Trying. You know, I look, I, I watch your stories um, just for that perspective. Um, uh, by so the way, like equal, right? Yeah. So I only hang around with people that lift me up as well. Mm. Um, and so it was Sade that sort of, I knew about you because I saw back in the day, I would see every booking that came through. And I was like, yes, we've got another booking for the event space and you'd run your courses there. Um, and then... Shade was like, you needed to speak to this guy. And so then a, a friendship started and then I introduced you to BA and then you started saying you hang out more and then spending a lot of time with you through, through COVID when no one else was around. Um, and, and, you know, and then engaging myself in your stories and, and you know, all the stuff that you put up, mate, I, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't equally as inspired. So thank you. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, your time and your generosity it's something that i mean me and brayden as i said we needed it today but um yeah super super grateful man um and and to everyone out there listening um creative cubes um orange theory um you know creative cubes i can say has played a massive role i and you know uh tobes just mentioned it just then but i've been you know creative cubes since i think it was the first location like running my events there and and i've just been in love with it because of, I love entrepreneurship. I love the environment. I love the network of people. So um, you're scaling quite quickly. It's growing and, and, you know, it deserves everything it gets because it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing business. It's an amazing group of people. So make sure you check it out. Uh, Orange Theory Fitness is also really exciting to so check that out as well. Orange Theory Fitness is the fastest growing franchise business on the planet and it outstripped McDonald's in its heyday. Crazy. And I'm lucky to have OTF Melbourne. Um, but it's bruised and battered, but it stayed in check because of the community, right? Mm. So It's all about the people. And that's the biggest thing about Creative Cubes for me. 100%. Is the friendships that you, you generate in that space. 100%. Yeah, but it kind of sucks that you guys have got this amazing place because I don't get to see you as often. <laughs> so maybe come, have me come back weekly. We'll on the, come back on the for podcast. the sparkling water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you probably see us in there just like <laughs> shoveling yeah. sparkling water. That's all right. Whatever brings you in. <laughs> um, but yeah, big thanks for coming on. Thank uh, you. Make sure um, you go check out uh, Creative Cubes and, and Orange Theory. And um, obviously, if you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe. Um, the support you show the show um, allows us to continue to do what we do and continue to bring these life-changing conversations to you, make them accessible. So I um, really hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you guys next week. Cool.